the vulnerable are powerful. And the most gangster thing you can do is surf all the way live. My mic fell. <laughs> Did you see that? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I didn't, you didn't see catch it. it. Well, I didn't I think, catch it. I think I'm back now. I think I'm back now. This is the All The Way Live podcast, man. And yo, Miles, I love how you bring us into that every day. And I don't want to skip over how important those words are, man. The vulnerable are powerful. And the most gangster thing you can do is serve. And what we serve on this show is that carefully curated content for your cranium. Every week, we dishing it out like clockwork. We don't miss dates. Content's getting better. Conversation's getting hotter. We surgical with this. <laughs> More people are listening in, bro. This is this is pretty cool. This is pretty cool, I'm going to say. Yo, I dig it. It always feels good, but now if it feels, you know, it feels better. The more the merrier, it couldn't be truer. So welcome. What up? Get comfortable and whatnot. Yeah, get comfortable because over here, man, what we say is that this is a space that even if it's one person, 10 people, a thousand people, 10 million people, it doesn't matter. Absolutely everybody is welcome to this space of peace, to the space of of being able to get a little bit, even if we're giving people just a, a, a moment in a day of a dose of your happiness and encouragement and motivation to say, keep on going forward because this life thing is beautiful. And how we encapsulate that beauty is into three separate portions of the show. We got stumble upon, we got current news, and we got recommended and review. Now, today's show, stacked with conversation. We're gonna be talking about black dads, power grids, Cristiano Ronaldo, messing up with Coke. We're talking about music. There's, there's so many things to be able to get to. Yeah, man. I'm just, I'm just happy to see us back in the kitchen, serving up, you know, the freshest of the fresh. You know what I'm saying? This mad music out. We are officially, officially back. And that can only mean great things for the All The Way Live podcast. Man, we had the Polo G album, the Migos album dropped last week. You know what I'm saying? We had Voice of the Heroes. That was so much fun for me to say, talk about. This week, we got the Her album. This week, we got Gold Link, one of our favorite artists, an artist that back from the selection days, we've been messing with. Oh, man. And the new Isaiah Rashad is hot, too. That's right. That's right. We, we're ble- we've been blessed with some with some good hip hop and good music. I'm overwhelmed. I think I think very soon we gotta start just putting the full episodes on Patreon because we be having a whole party before we we even start recording. We be you know fully jamming out listening to our favorite type of music. That's secret. That is how pre-production is. <laughs> just listening to music. <laughs> Everybody who gets to see pre-production happen in real time is always very uh, 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 is always very amazed at how how fluid it is. You know, it's very loose. You know what I'm saying? And it was, and I think yeah, as we try to bring people, you know, a little bit of joy, a little bit of happiness, uh, that that would be something to share. The only thing that gets in the way of that is the monetization of playing music. We do want those artists, you know, to get whatever bread that they're supposed to get from that. Um, but where can we put it where it makes sense? So there are conversations yeah. to be had about that. Uh, sure. And even if it's just creating a separate channel under like, you know, and then just letting that one be demonetized content, we'll figure it out and bring it to you. That's what yeah. we do. That's what we do. That's what we do. Hey man, listen, I, I don't know about you, but when it comes to, when it comes to this here list that we have in front of us, I don't even know where you want to start picking at it first, which one you want to you wanna reach for. We just got a litany of options. 
Uh, well, I know where I want to start first. And you did the intro so smooth. We got into it that I that I that I forgot to acknowledge that you know, getting steel. This podcast is brought to you from the illustrious Gallery Momo. You know what I'm saying? You could tell by the art that my brother. I'm gonna need you to start switching up the art. I know that one is fly, but I know you have access to such a collection that why why would we not switch that up? You know what I mean? It's 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 uh it's laborsome, bro. You gotta it's laborsome. You gotta take it down. You gotta resize it. You need. To... Look at me, Valen, telling you. Look at me, Valen, telling you. I don't know, but maybe maybe I saw another podcast switch something up, and I was like, man, I, we gotta be fresh. I don't know. No, but this but this is a, a real talk. Not even to to cut you on that, but like that's the the beauty of letting art live in a space for a while right because this is a multi-dimensional space this isn't the only thing and this is the only this station isn't the only thing in this space and giving art some time that's something i learned from from uh from gallery momo is just being able to let a piece sit for a minute and then see what happens no well see you're educating us so for forgive my uh my my you know what's the word that i'm looking for I'm just trying to, I'm, I'm anxious. I want to make it, I want to, I want to shift them, show them everything we got. You let it marinate like a fine wine. I dig that. I can get with that vibe. But on this side, you already know what's going on, man. The podcast is brought to you from Chicago. That means this joint is recorded on stolen land. Yep. Chicago, this land that we bring this to you from was cared for by the Potawatomi people, the Council of the Three Fires and the indigenous people that were here that care for the land, the violence done to them to remove them from this land is inseparable from the violence we see in this city today, this country today, and this world today. So we got to lift up the love for indigenous people the world over, love between black and brown people the world over, intro over. Now, black dads. We're recording this on Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to all the black dads out there, or just all the dads in general out there. I think it's not just black dad Father's Day. I think it's just father's day so to all to everyone being a father yeah what up man we have friends shout out to nick hold on one time that's right yeah, we have friends that that are that are recently becoming fathers you know um i say black dads because i don't think it's it's easily overlooked and i want to like i don't know celebrate and put it out there we both have dads you know what i mean for our white listeners out there, they might not know how prominent that is. I know at least in America, there's a lot of like, even having it, there's two things that always are just very apparent to me on Father's Day is that one, not all black folks in America have a dad. And two, all black men are expected to be dads. Now those two things might seem contradictory. <laughs> <laughs> but really they're not, right? Because yeah. We're not gonna get into all of that, but it's funny because Where I go to zaddies lie in that spectrum. Nah, dude, see, you're getting you're getting into those deep waters that that okay. we won't we won't traverse today. Okay, but it's just funny as I go to the grocery store, people are always wishing me Happy Father's Day, very much as if like I must have kids, right? Um, my in my upper twenties as a as a black man in the hood, I think the expectation is that I have kids, but also there's a beautiful. I think movement to acknowledge single mothers on Father's Day. There's a movement to make just make space for people who've had a different experience, especially in spaces where a lot of us have strained relationships with our dads. But I wanted to acknowledge black dads in that. I think both of our dads have had overwhelmingly positive, uh, you know, ex- influences on our lives. For sure, for sure. And I'm glad you didn't skip over the fact that not a lot of people actually have dads, right? And a, a lot of like days like this 
we forget that some people are, this brings them pain. You know, this is a reminder um, maybe of, of a loss or a, a absence, whatever it is. So sending love to, to those people too, you know, sending love to those people too. And in, in days like this, where it seems like everybody is celebrating something that you might not have, the reality is you, you have power over that day, you know, in terms of what you decide to celebrate. If you want to celebrate yourself, it's like, listen, I, I was my own dad growing up and you want to throw yourself a, a Father's Day celebration. Let that be that, you know, no one is there to, to tell you otherwise, but it is, um, it is important. I, I'm glad you acknowledge that. And also shout out to my dad. Spoke to him this morning, told him, hey man, um, the more I understand you, the more I understand me. Thank you for being there. I'm a gentleman because of it. Um, and yeah, man, it's um, it's definitely a blessing for sure. Yeah, big facts. I uh, did the same. I hit my dad up. One of the things that me and my dad, or one of the things that he passed down to me, was Calvin and Hobbes, the comic book. So he had them joints, like actually the books, right, of like comics, and like he had, yeah, man, he had like the old school collection. Some stuff I wasn't allowed to touch until I was older, but he passed down Calvin and Hobbes, and so. Uh, in, in Calvin and Hobbes, Calvin refers to his dad as Pops. And so in all my greeting cards and whenever I write him letters, I'm, what up, Pops? Thank you, Pops, or whatever. And uh, on his birthday and on Father's Day, I send him a Calvin and Hobbes comic. That's an interaction between Calvin and his dad. So that was something I got to share with him uh, earlier today. So yeah, man, it's a, it's a special time. Shout out to all the dads. Yeah, man, it's a, it's a, I was dope, you know what I mean? Just to be able to, it makes me look forward to being able to pass that down have that sure. legacy of just like not only passing down stability and passing down you know like love but also humor right that's something i think that that introduced me and opened me up to very early was just like the funnies you know and just yeah. like sharing that and so yeah man shout out to everybody sharing passing down creating legacies in that way and others for sure and i was listening to um it might have been uh, uh javante davis or somebody saying that the absence of there's a particular pain that comes with an absence of a, of a father figure in one's life, but there is the, there is room to be excited about the type of father that you want to be and, and learning how, and learning yourself in the ways that you want to be better and the type of family that you want to create and, and execute that on a, on a, on an incredible, you know, execute that how you would like to. So it, it, it's, I always like to, to, to remember people who might be, in pain in days that we celebrate so we we hug them and we welcome them too and hopefully yeah. they're not too they're not sweating too much because i'm hearing the u.s is about as hot as dubai bro it's it's wild hot you know what i'm saying the first thing you said to me when i jumped on this joint was you were like yo you look very summerish and i look very i'm 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 summer dynamic which means i'm trying to look good and not sweat all the time right <laughs> Headband, it looks pretty, but it's also a dark color mask. The little beads that be dripping down keeps them off my face. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I teach it with this stuff. But yes, man, we are experiencing a heat wave. I love, I love Chicago in the summertime. I'll open with that. I'll start with love. I love Chicago in the summertime. Like, yo, you can say what you want about it in the winter, but there's really no place like it when it's when it's a beautiful day. The other day we had a nice 81 degree day, breezy, man, chilling on the lakefront. You can't beat that. Yeah. It's Chicago summer is incredible. Like it's, it's, uh, it's one of those things that is of note, you know, it's like having cheese in, in France or, or 
wine in Italy, you know, it's, there's a summer in Chicago. There's a, there's a palpable feeling to it. It's a thing. Yep. You can taste it. You can taste it. Taste sure. it. Right. But that 81 degree day has been very much like not the norm. It's been hot, bro. It's been 99. It's been a hundred and we're in the beginnings of June. What's right? that in so Celsius? Uh, I can't do all the, I did the calculations that were pertinent to the news story that I'm walking us into, but I don't have the, I didn't, it wasn't like a, <laughs> it might've came off in pre-pro. Like I was like, yeah, dude, you know, 120 Fahrenheit is what? 49 degrees Celsius. That's got actually it, got it, got it. almost very accurate. That's a great guess. That no, that is accurate, but that's oh. the only statistic <laughs> I know because it's from the story that we'll get into later. <laughs> But it's the only conversion I know. So do with that what you will. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but it's been mad hot, yo. And I don't know, like, if if you've been experiencing this, I would love to get your take on this. But I just feel like part of it certainly is hearing about global warming, being conscious of it and thinking of it. But as I've experienced the past few summers of my life, it seems like they've been a lot more extreme than the summers I remember preceding them. And regardless of that, there's evidence much more uh, thorough than my own thinking about the effects of global warming. And so I think we're experiencing something a little different. It's heating up. What you think? No, no doubt. I mean, we can't, we can't deny the evident change of, of the evident climate change that is induced by our pollution and how we utilize resources. In this, in this planet of ours, we have bored a hole through the atmosphere that is now letting in an increased level of heat that is melting solar caps, that is then rising the water levels, that is then changing the whole equation of essentially how this planet regulates itself. We have tipped it, we, we've tipped the scales of it, <laughs> you know what I mean? So the, there's no ignoring that aspect of it whatsoever yeah there's no you almost earned yourself a, a reading drop with that i know you've been reading just hearing what you were talking about now nah, you know what i'm saying read about climate change it's important people right yeah but, for sure but it's happening and i think it's putting a stress i know i know it's putting stress on the uh the infrastructure and even the united states mm-hmm. right so man a few episodes uh a few episodes ago in this podcast we spoke about uh, Texas and how this past winter they experienced pretty cold temperatures, snow, unusual for Texas. That shut down their power grid. This was back in February. That led to the death of a hundred people, right? Texas mm-hmm. was not inclined for inclement weather and the cold, right? They're not used to it. It's a very hot place. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we, st- we talked about that back on the podcast. Well, we're back here again. Texas, which, mind y'all, is the only state that operates its own electrical grid in the United States that's monopolized by corporations in the rest of the country. I'm about to tell you more about that in a minute. <laughs> let, me, let, me, let, me, let me finish walking them in. So what's happened is now Texas, here go the numbers, let me give them to you slow because they're the only ones I got. Texas, this past week, reached 120 degrees Fahrenheit. Right, which is 49 degrees Celsius, you know, for my folks on that system. You know what I'm saying? The rest of the world. That's hot. That's hot. Yeah. 
yeah, whoever, whoever, <laughs> whoever, whoever, whoever they may be, right? That's hot, right? And so these electrical grids failed again, right? And people are without power. There have been power cuts. They've been rerouting the power from other systems. So this tells me one that Texas is running its own electrical grid, and that ain't that easy to do. Mm. Uh, it tells me two that extreme weather conditions are leaving these systems at risk, right? And I think we can only expect to see more extreme weather systems uh, until we make a sustainable change as far as clean energy and as far as uh, global warming and climate change, right? Yeah. And reducing risk. So I wanted to highlight my brother, you know, who, who, who mowed and dabbles in the energy space to just get your take on what's going on here in Texas, what's going on here in terms of what's happening with this energy system, what should we do? What are the possibilities? What are other places doing? Mm. And uh, if you could bring us those answers, by this way, we, we are, we'd be riveted to hear your take. <laughs> the, the crowd waits with the bated breaths of, of energy analysis. <laughs> Pens quiver above notepads as he's about to speak. <laughs> Pens quiver above notepads. That is hilarious my dog <laughs> that is <laughs> hilarious <laughs> hey man but look when it comes to when it comes to texas and the energy space right the the infrastructure the infrastructure failings are are part of are part of how energy like of are part of this conversion system like the technology that produces energy are are usually prone to high maintenances right so for instance in south africa our issues is that our plants have not been maintained over time. The cash that was supposed to go into that is cash that has been squandered. And therefore we're now at a place where systems are failing quicker than we can afford to repair them like that. So in, in, the, in the case in Texas, where it might not necessarily be a corruption induced uh, deficiency, it could just simply be a case of uh, a system that is just this is the natural natural causes, right? Natural causes of not anticipating this level of heat wave or how many people are utilizing the the facilities. I'm sure AC is booming in every single corner of Texas, which is a high energy. <laughs> yeah, you're you're it would be, but they've actually introduced regulations that people are are told to keep their thermostats are at above 78 degrees Fahrenheit, which is I can't, I don't have the calculation for that in Celsius, but it's essentially saying you can mildly mitigate with your thermostat, but don't have it, but you're not allowed to have it blasting. Right. Yeah. That's so all energy right. regulation. That's all yep. energy regulation. Getting... Exactly. Right. So that's, it's kind of like it, it comes together. It's, it's always a, a cocktail of things that, that make a whole system fail in that way. But to see what is the, what is essentially the heart of American gas because those the Texas has some of the largest gas reserves in the world. You know, you're talking about an area that is literally the the heart of the US shale gas revolution and where essentially most of any oil and gas products all come through to the Texas hub. That's you know, that's outside of your Omaha, your Oklahoma, places like that, outside of there, but it's just like Texas is the place for it. So for that to happen there is why this is significantly, is why this is, is, is quite interesting. But the U.S. Mm -hmm. has always had an interesting relationship with energy suppliers. Dare I say the words Enron. Ooh, if, oof, if anybody knows oof. what that is. Ooh. Speaking in code. For those, 
break, give him a give him a little bit, give him a little slice of the coke. You know what I'm saying? So essentially, right? The the cool thing about the the energy market in the U.S. is that you guys have a lot of options. There's a lot of options of the service providers that you can choose. Right now, granted, there also is a monopoly on this service provision so for texas to be on its own grid it means that it's not necessarily um, a part of what would be a national grid which would be who the government chooses to be the suppliers of their energy products or the government themselves yeah but you know the government via um corporations that they have a lot of interest and stake in which is something that happened throughout the during the 2008 crisis of the 2000 uh, uh, 2011 oil crisis the government came through bought up a bunch of oil companies or incentivize other companies to purchase large amounts of oil companies. So by being on its own grid, it means that it is detached from that entire system. Um, so I think what you yeah, no, sorry. Go no, ahead. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. Cause I can keep speaking on the technicalities. There's no oh, end. Yeah. There's no end to the technicalities of it. And that's why that's why you're you're in you're overqualified as a resource in this conversation. So I appreciate you. Um, but I I wanted to just call out really quickly that I think what you've illuminated is that like whether it's Texas trying to operate on its own or the United States trying to operate on a whole, everybody's had issues trying to operate this power grid. It's it's one to our hypothesis, right? Not a very easy thing to do to regulate this these energy grids. South Africa is having its own struggles and trying to trying to figure things out in new ways. So taking into account that under the best conditions, supplying an entire population with energy is a very difficult thing to do. And that we're seeing that the ways we've done that in the past have caused us to be in a deficit in terms of sustainability, in terms of energy, in terms of the way that we're using up our, our Earth's resources. What do you see as kind of the next phases or trends or things that people will start to to gravitate towards uh, in terms of trying to create sustainable energy futures? I think, my G, if we look at if, if we look at where everything is moving towards, right, people are now starting to have their own networks. People are starting to have their own cellular, their own cellular, uh, cellular network, like their own literal cell network. You know what I mean? Yeah, people are. Can't wait. <laughs> what are you going to call yours? Uh, I don't have a name for it yet. I'll have to scroll through interesting Wi-Fi names on Reddit, but I, I just want to have my own bubble of like of Wi-Fi, like my own cell and uh, Wi-Fi VPN. Oh, yeah. I exactly. Exactly. Right. And so there's, there's a lot of movement towards being self-sufficient in everything that we consume. And the cool thing about where the technology of energy is going to now is that the cost of this technology becomes cheaper. Um, it becomes more convenient to be able to be, be placed in your home, um, throw blockchain technology into there. Then you have a whole system where like now you miles as a power producer and I as a power producer can be able to switch off of each other. Here's, here's a cool example, right? Here's a cool example. So essentially what you'd be able to do essentially with, with blockchain is that you can be on a multiple grid, a multiple grid network that then regulates when you're going to be coming home and when you're going to be leaving and then being able to switch on and off when uh, switch on and off your usage of that grid and that grid you, and uh, the usage of energy. And you're pulling that from, let's say your neighbor. So let's say I leave the house and you're my next door neighbor and we're on the same network. I can then tap into your energy 
I can then tap into your energy supply while you're gone. <laughs> that gets dicey. It's a great idea for communities that, that are, that are tight knit, but I could very quickly see neighbors getting yeah. at each other. I, I, I dig where you're taking it. Us. But like, you can't think of it necessarily as neighbors, but essentially what you have to think about is yeah. that exactly, it's more anonymous than that. Exactly. And that's like the digitization of everything. It's like, it's literally the internet of, all transactions and movements like so it's, it's gonna it's, it's just an efficient way it's just an efficient way of being able to to disperse energy and uh share it amongst each other so that's that's a cool example and i think we see some of the beginnings of that now right we've seen people for a while they were saying you know ethanol right it was like create have your own machine to turn what was it like unused vegetable or like used yeah. vegetable oil into fuel for your, for your vehicle. And they were producing vehicles that could run on that. Um, and then we started to see a big push for solar, people putting solar panels on roofs, mm -hmm. people buying into Tesla. Now we see people with the power banks at the crib that you mm -hmm. put in your garage and it charges your car and powers your home with the solar panels. And it's all part of the system. So we're seeing people getting used to the idea of producing their own power. Yeah, and, and I think it's an interesting, an interesting world where uh, where that's the case, and and that's that's a shared network. So yeah, thank that's you, what sir. The, that's what I'm optimistic. That's what I'm yeah, optimistic about about our future, bro. Like about our future, it's just that there is so much, there's so much pull towards people being able to be more sustainable and being aware of the different things that we can do. It 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 does it does suck that we've had to abuse the earth in order to get to a place where we're now looking for these technologies. But there is a big effort in trying to get these things down to um, even rural communities in Africa, right? And being able to create low cost devices that can be on these, on these uh, makeshift homes and then at least power that. So there's, uh, you know, over here, we, we tend to think that the future is quite literally bright. Oh, <laughs> I like what you did there. I like what you did there with that, with that, with that closing, that closing metaphor. But I also like how you like, you know, there's a push to do these things for people out there in places. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know, Mandulo. I'm a little bit familiar with the solar panel project. You know what I'm saying? I know That's it's right. going to be computer labs that are entirely solar powered that are going to be put wherever our partners allow us to put them. Yeah. That's right. Brilliant. Brilliant. That is stumbled upon. I think we done did it. Yo, Miles Xavier, if I jump into the ocean and I go underground and I hear a wave, does that mean we moving into current news? Surf's up. Ooh. Surf's up. With that particular drop, I just realized we haven't utilized our most important drop of this show where we always pay respect, love, and comfort to... That's right. Always, always. It's a safe place for women over here. All right. <laughs> <laughs> you can't. You can never just throw that out there without it seeming like I'm trying to cover something odd, oddly ambiguous. Like, all right. <laughs> it's a safe space for women over here. Right. <laughs> I appreciate. I, I appreciate the the sentiment. <laughs> I'm not trying to convince anybody need, of that. I'm just saying. What we need, actually, no, we just need to bring more. We need to bring more people on in general, but we need to bring more people that identify as female on and let whatever they say speak for itself. Undoubtedly. Presence, comfort, energy. 
to come. We'll do it. But I don't need them to come to let me know to tell all men that your obligation as a man is to make women feel comfortable. That's, you know what I mean? True. That True is indeed. the obligation of a man, making women feel comfortable. Um, boom, bro. Yo, Coca-Cola lost $4 billion in market value after Cristiano Ronaldo suggested people drink water <laughs> instead. Oh, I, th- I totally thought the current was going to have something to do <laughs> <laughs> with the ladies. <laughs> oh. I, th- I only thought we were going somewhere completely different. <laughs> you thought that was a smooth, a long, elongated, smooth transition? No, I just wanted to say hi to the ladies. That's all. Oh, okay. Cool. <laughs> but it's acknowledged, though. That's all. But, no, no. I love it. But, love in it. Igno- love but it. now that you put that there, though, in acknowledging ladies, there has been a, a case that in India right now, there is a huge push towards the the femicide that's happening there, as they would describe it, um, and as it as as it is, um, women are. I think there's a, a a woman raped in India every 15 minutes. Is this is this statistic? That's ouch. Yes, yes, yes and yes. I, and I'm a man, nigga. Like for real. Like that's a that's a horrible thing to hear. That struck fear in my heart, and I'm a dude, so I can't imagine what women feel knowing that statistic i can't imagine what women in india are going through um i mean this isn't the first time i've heard it brought up as an issue but to that point it's an issue everywhere you know women are don't feel safe here in the states women don't feel safe in south africa it's Mm -hmm. it's a it's a man thing worldwide and it is up to men to talk about that and to make space for that conversation um yeah man uh it's and it's difficult i was reminded earlier this week how difficult it is to hear another man especially a man that might be older than you or above you in a position at work or whatever the case may be those same dynamics of power that play out in these situations of sexual violence right um to hear a man that is has that position and talk about women in a way that makes you uncomfortable it's very difficult to say what the fuck you know like hey that's not cool bro and sometimes all we manage, all we manage to get out is a, uh, I don't know about that, right? But like, we have to start making space and challenging ourselves to call that stuff out because, yeah, bro, it is every woman, and we've said this before on the podcast too, but every woman I speak to knows a woman that's been assaulted, right, in some phrase or form, and not very many guys I speak to know or hang out with dudes that do that and that's yeah. bullshit yeah so i'm sorry for cursing so much in this segment y'all you know what i'm sorry, saying ma- sorry is, mama gila it's messed up it's messed up man it's messed up so and we, it is. we do have to start calling it out so i appreciate you making space for that it is it is and and in being responsible with this platform um it was a it was a student-led pro it's a student-led protest for the death of jana in west bengal um, it says that students from the college where Jana was studying took to the streets the day after her body was discovered, carrying banners and placards. They demanded justice, including calls to hang the rapists. The students continued their protest for several days before the state was, like other parts of India, put under lockdown due to sharp increases in COVID. Uh, Sanka Chatterjee was the first police officer on the scene. She had blood all over, he said. I haven't felt so helpless and angry in my 11 years. In 2012, yeah, it's 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 been it's been a it's been a situation again. In it's been a situation where 
a woman is brutally raped and murdered and a system that is a system is failing her a community is failing her and again the youth are taken to the streets to be able to make a difference that's something that we're seeing in this generation of ours where people are becoming a lot more bold people are becoming a lot more active um, and we support that we, we we lift her name up we lift the people that are close to her that um, are impacted by this death that it definitely reminds me of Unene over here in, in South Africa it was a very similar thing to a very similar problem. Last year, over 250,000 rape cases, 250,000 rape cases were reported in the court systems in India, which means that surely the number is at least uh, double that size. So yeah. I, I like what you said about being able to call, call people out about it, but how do, you, how do you call men out about it? Because Dudes will show one face in front of you and be totally different. And that's why I, I remember I said this to a female friend of mine. I said, men change when they are with their women, right? Men, how a man is in the confines of his own private space or with that of a, of a, of a, of a partner or, or woman or anything is different. It's completely different. So sometimes it's even hard to be able to gauge who this person is from, I, from, from casual encounter. Yeah. Well, I don't think every man has the obligation to catch predators, right? I mean, Chris Hansen is out here bodying it, right? He's and, catching and, and different types of we, predators. We do need, well, for, for sure. And we, and I was about to say, we do need more people professionally dedicated to pre the, the prevention and to follow up and solve in a thoughtful way and to investigate in a thoughtful way sex crimes, right? But as the individual man, sure, there are gonna be things that other individuals hide from you as a, as a man. But we also all know dudes that say stuff, that do stuff, that's a little bit suspect. And sometimes, and I'm, and I'm mostly speaking from my younger years, right? I'm mostly speaking from college, high school, but even, yeah, my circle's gotten much, much smaller and I don't go out as much, but we, I think we've all been in situations where we've seen or heard something that's not okay going on. And I think what we need to normalize is speaking up in those situations, right? Yeah. And, and calling that out and making sure that not only that the women in that situation feel safe, but that you set a standard as a leader, anybody who considers themselves a leader, anybody who considers themselves an ally, Right. You set a standard, even if you're not talking to the other men that are present and saying, this is not OK. I don't think this is OK. And whenever I see this type of thing happening, whatever it is, making women uncomfortable on any level, you know what I mean? Even talk, even discussing women in a way that is sexually violent or anything like that. Nah, we're not doing that yeah. and making sure that that is that is the norm. The understood standard in your circle is your is your minimum duty. I, I, Anybody I that's that. you, we should, and we should, and we should, we should judge people. We should judge other men by how they treat women. women. You should, and, and, but even broader than that is the sentiment, right? That I've heard. And I wish I could attribute this quote to somebody, but what I've heard is that, you know, judge people, how they treat the people they don't have to treat well, right? The people that are for whatever society's reason under them, smaller than them, weaker than them. That's how you judge people. And not to say that women are, smaller and weaker, but as the physical biological structure of men, we're obligated not to 
put physical pressure on women because we're biologically bigger, right? You, we're, that's the that's the thing. Don't hit women. We all know that. That's basic, right? Yeah, yeah. So the point I the the last point I wanted to make on this is just that your obligation is to make sure that your circle knows has that understanding. If we don't force ourselves on women, we don't trick women into nothing. We don't do nothing. None of that. Nothing shady at all in that regard, especially when it comes to sex and consent, period. And if you want to go beyond that, it's not about catching predators or catching people that are hiding this behavior, because anybody that's hiding how they deal with women from the people around them, you might want to examine yourself for predatory tendencies. But your deeper obligation isn't to check those people out. Your deeper obligation is to address the systemic nature of gender-based violence, of sexism, right? And acknowledge that these there are norms in the workplace there are norms in society there are norms throughout the world mm. that perpetuate unsafety right this safety right <laughs> for for females and how do we address those structures and those and those norms i'm looking at you colleges right i'm looking at you corporate workplaces right you yeah. know what i'm saying and so yo that's the that's that's where you get steep well how do we treat how do we treat past transgressions and people that how do we treat mistakes uh, let's say how do we treat things that have happened men that have let's say assaulted women in the past or men that have made uh, put women in uncomfortable situations what what is the appropriate response to that even even if if it's something that they're no longer doing i don't think there's a quick answer to that i think it's i think it depends on did this is this a one-time scenario did one is there are we talking about one scenario in your life that got confusing that's an outlier in the way that you deal with women or are we talking about a pattern of behavior that puts consistently puts you in a position where things get muddy right and if you're consistently putting yourself and your potential sexual partners in a position that could get muddy then there's something to be analyzed there and there's probably something to be held accountable there but a big part of that is what happened how many times was, did it happen? Was there, a, was there a pattern of intentional behavior? And then, dang, I lost my, my thought of what, the, of what the flip side should be. But, but man, that's I, one I, I hear you. What we can do is ask, is ask a woman. We've got Mo over here close by. I think it would be wrong for us to, 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 to answer that ourselves yeah. as men. Hey, Mo, can, I, can we ask you something? Oh, as she's walking over here, the last thing I was going to say, and the other flip side of it is how the man takes it, right? Like if you're, if somebody brings this to your attention, if a woman brings this to your attention, are you, do you take it as, do you dismiss it? Or do you really be- take it in as something to address and something to take seriously? I think that's the last thing to consider. So I got Mo's over here, Mo. Can, yeah. can you, can you hear her? Well, no, I cannot hear her. No. <laughs> can you lift the mic? Can you can, can you, you come closer? Just a little no, close. no, you're not gonna be on camera. The, the important questions. Yo, first of all, first of all, because this whole thing is about consent, we're asking, we're talking about consent. Do you consent to contributing to a conversation about consent? Yes. Okay. <laughs> cool. Thank so that's consent. <laughs> I do. Thank you. I think the core, I think the core question is what should be done 
as we consider the past transgressions, if, if, if it comes out that a man has had an inappropriate interaction with women in the past, how do we deal with that in general? What should be the process? Um, I think that the best way to analyze how to move forward is how much initiative the man himself takes, right? So before you, as an outsider, are able to kind of decide how to feel, the person also has to figure out like how, what, how they want to move forward about the situation. So some men that, not some, most men that have encounters that are like under, you know, some kind of like murky encounter, a lot of the times what they do is if they're not caught, they'll just move on with their lives. Um, or if they are caught, they'll either serve their sentence or whatever and then just proceed like, there's no type of, um, I'm going to be a, an activist of change, like mm -hmm. someone who's like, this is me in the past, I'm going to make it my duty to help other brothers and teach them, or just be like an active voice of change, because that way people will know you're serious, right? Yeah. Or just, even if it's not like as public, because not everything has to be public but in your own circle be that person that owns up to their story like this was me this is my past this is how I move forward and I think that's the best way to judge if someone's really like how you feel about that situation because if for example how many men like a, a lot of women especially in South Africa there's I don't know the statistic but a lot of them say that um by the time they're married they find out that their husbands are actually uh have assaulted someone in the past because in Africa we don't have an open um predators list so what then how do you feel about that right because obviously you've had this marriage where your husband hasn't assaulted you and but then at the same time right like let's say he's changed but how how are you, you expected to feel about that if this person's kept quiet about it and not made any type of like like active behavior Own, up to yeah 100 percent. you know and i think in that case everyone has the right to be upset and angry because this person's not like i'm saying it's not owning up to their to what they've done and they're not being mm. someone who's trying to change that so again it goes back to really how the person themselves is treating the situation mm then everyone else can decide how to feel about it. Damn. Yeah, that's real. And the, and the work is theirs to do, right? It's not more work for women or the person that was involved, the survivor. The work is 100% on them. Yeah. Word, word. Thanks. Appreciate you, Mo. Local, local guest and current news, news sourcer. Yeah, word, word. Yeah, we got to do that more, man. We Definitely do. That, do. That, that was very helpful. Thanks for real, Mo. Appreciate that. Yeah, we're surrounded by by voices that that have so much to share and and to say, and I I just yeah, I'm just really glad that that she was there to to shed some light on that. That's the CEO of our foundation, right there. Yes, sir. Hold on, one time. I, I got some make that drop. That. Make that drop. That's right. That's right. That's right. You know what I'm saying. Double drops. Double drops for CEO Mo. Indeed, indeed. Hey, Amen. Um, we we done ran by Cristiano Ronaldo taking. <laughs> I'm glad we got to do that though. I'm I'm really glad we got to have yeah. that conversation, man. Yeah. I'm, I'm really glad.
off the script, but I'm down. Happen how it's supposed to happen. Now, what happened with Captain Ronaldo, man? What's up, Captain Coke? Captain Coke. I don't. Do Americans understand how big Cristiano Ronaldo actually is? Nah. In general, nah, 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 not really. He was the highest earning athlete. He's been the highest earning athlete, multiple highest highest earning athlete year after year after year after year. LeBron is the LeBron of the United States of America. But Cristiano Ronaldo is the is LeBron of the rest of the world. Not yeah, I was gonna say that. It's it's LeBron is LeBron for sure, but no. Cristiano LeBron is how that goes. In in yeah. it's just in terms of fandom, popularity, whatever. We've got a diverse audience. These guys know. Do your Google. Right? Do your Googles. You know what it is. You ain't gotta get into that. But Sitting at the at a post game conference, removes two Coke bottles away from the table, puts in a, a, a glass of water, says agua, puts it on the table, and then boom, Coca Cola loses four billion dollars worth of stock like that. Four bees. I could do a four billion. I didn't take half of that. What? This man costs a corporation four billion dollars by. Putting their by taking their drink and putting it on the floor, and putting water on the table. Now, Miles, um, I hate to be an analyst about this, but when we speak of four billion, you know what'd be dope is every time I start getting like talking about finances stuff, a green screen behind me sends me to like a Neil deGrasse Tyson wormhole <laughs> of a background. <laughs> Just numbers, just all the just all the equations that you always see for no reason. E equals MC squared behind <laughs> the Pythagorean theorem for no reason. A chart that's pointing upward in like sequential zigzags, no doubt. E equals MC squared. <laughs> that's hilarious. Um, <laughs> but usually when when we speak of this dip, it just means like stock market value right now. The stocks operate in a in a wave like manner. Um, they it's it's a it's a it's a, it's a up and down up and down of things. Let's say for instance when Elon Musk smoked weed on Joe Rogan's podcast and lost um, was five billion dollars worth of worth of uh, Tesla Tesla valuation dropped in five billion dollars. It jumped back up maybe even further the day after that, right? So what you're seeing essentially is this market sentiment playing itself on. The, the stock market, which is a thing that happens. Perception, right? If I can quote the great Matthew McConaughey, right? It has not landed. It mm. is no matter. Mm. It's wazzy. It's a woozy. It's fairy dust. Yes. It doesn't exist. And that's the financial right? market. You're you making money off of AMC. Uh, it's not like people are running to the movies. <laughs> I did. I ran to the movies. <laughs> and that is why it's a good investment, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> and, but, and that is that is both hilarious and true, yeah. right? It's something that I was interested in, that I cared about, that, and that's why I saw an opportunity in it. It didn't boost because, and this is and this is there are diff, this is the phenomenon in stocks we're seeing. It didn't boost because so many people like me actually went mm-hmm. out and and went to the movies, but a lot of people understood the idea and thought about it and thought about the company and that was enough 
Mm-hmm. So it's all about perception. It's not really about action and what really happens, right? Same thing with Elon Musk smoking weed. Elon Musk smoking weed doesn't mean that he is now uh, an addicted to, to a Schedule 3 narcotic and will thus tank the company and all of his associated organizations because he is unfit to lead. And then he just hit some weed a little bit, right? And so, but the perception was... Oh man, this guy's a joke. This guy's a clown. He can't lead these companies. This this is mm. worthless. Mm. Right? And so that's what we continue to see is like these games of perception. And meme stocks like AMC have doubled down on that, allowing people on the internet to collude and collaborate and to incubate these ideas and allow them to proliferate. Look at me, look at that. We're a soup on y'all. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm AI with the with the adjectives. You dig me, but but that's real. That's 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 what's happening. Is that you know we're seeing the connection between the actual product and the actual sales become further and further than from what happens to these companies in the stock market to the point where nothing bad happened with Coke. There wasn't a recall. You know what I'm saying? There wasn't some new study that found out that Coke is eating away at the lining of your intestines when you drink it. You know what I'm saying? They just a dude just told you water is better. And we here's knew that. A, here's a fun question for you. How okay. much money moves back, let's say pre-COVID, right? 2018, 20, 2019. How much money on a daily basis was moving in, in New York, in New York City? Being transacted, traded, moved daily. How much, how much financial transaction was happening? This brings me back to my shark days. For those, for those of y'all who don't know, I was once asked, how many sharks are in the sea? <laughs> Got that one right. Here we are again. How much money yes. was moving through New York? Yeah, on a daily basis. What time? On a daily basis. On a daily basis. Four hundred. And forty-four billion dollars, three trillion. Nick, what? Three trillion dollars? Three yeah. trillion dollars. So, right now, if we're gonna be thinking of, and and but also at the same time that that's fund management accounts being transferred. This is this is uh, purchasing into stocks, purchasing out of stocks. The quantity. This is three trillion dollars worth. Now when we now now when it's it's wild, right? So now when we say it's one billion sharks, sharks, how many sharks is in New York? Probably a fraction of that. So how much stock is probably four, four billion. Four. Carry the one, carry the one. I didn't carry the carry one. Carry the one. <laughs> you always gotta carry the one. That's the name of the episode. Carry the one. Carry the All right. one. Continue, um, continue. So this this stream of capital that's 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 moving through. On the days when, let's say, your Tesla stocks go down, it could so happen to be that that stream uh, that usually would go through, uh, that usually would be, let's say, moving towards the, the Tesla route, is is not as is, it's not as big of a stream. But that stream is still that stream is still moving, which is why the next day it was able to bounce back. So it's good to like I like to think about capital flow at that scale, like like water running and if these large corporations have been able to cut off they cut themselves you know just uh uh what they call um arteries out of this out of this river and they've been able to amass some even end up becoming a river of their own a la 
your Amazon, a la your Googles and Facebooks and whatever the case may be. Um, and, and, and that's kind of, that's kind of how it goes. So when you think that company is losing value like that, when you hear it lost $4 billion worth of value, it's not like, I, we're not getting a Coke ad at this, uh, halftime show at this, at this, uh, at, at the Super Bowl this year. It doesn't necessarily mean that, but I do like what you say about the proximity towards actually what a company is doing and their market value dis- dissipating over time. And that is the financial revolution that we're watching happen in front of our face, my friend. Yeah, it's, 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 man, I'm so appreciative of you being able to kind of break it down from the, from the perspective of, of investing. And cause I, I love just seeing it and just like pop culture and just being like, wow, look at what moves the world. Look what makes the world go around. And it's, and it's increasingly celebrity, right? It's increase it's increasingly clout. Right. Yeah. And it's yeah. just, it's really interesting. The Christian, Christian, Cristiano Ronaldo, nice Coke thing. Uh, reminds me of Elon Musk's, his name comes up again, Dogecoin tweet where all he tweets is Dogecoin and that is immediately up. And that has nothing to do with his impact in Tesla. It has nothing to do with his business or, you know, it's just, this guy's thinking about it. And it's, you know, I was, I was, uh, I was talking to the homie the other day and I was saying how thought leadership is the new fancy word for influencer. And that's where we're just, that's that's just where we're going, bro. Is the increasing legitimacy of, of all of these fairy dust, uh, entities but good work good work prevails um good work the cream rises to the to the top i do think that the intention for all of us is to be able to build platforms and institutions that um that that can give people a better opportunity or be or participate in organizations that are already doing that sort of thing um make that the best that it can be in terms of quality of service provision in terms of your ethics in terms of the impact that you want to be able to do. And just like that, you're changing the world. Do what you care about. Do what you care about. And if you're wondering what the flip side of everybody dumping Coke is, right, for Ronaldo, think about who makes a lot of water. Waldo? Oh, damn. Water. Oh, I thought thought Waldo, Goldlink, I thought you were going to jump from water. I got you. I see what you tried to do. I see what you tried to do there. I could I'm appreciate it. Trying to keep it. up. I was saying. I was saying. I was saying. So Coke's down. Water's up. Nestle makes a lot of water. Mm-hmm. Get into some. No, no, no. That's too much. That's too deep. It's too for the deep. intro. But because we'll there is a monopoly on water. Indeed. Just um, like there's a monopoly on power. Exactly. 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 Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, with with that about that three trillion that that's such a fun that's such a, a fun number yeah to, that's crazy to know. That's i know nice. but also it makes a lot of sense when you realize that the majority of billionaires in the u.s stem from fund management and private equity so from that perspective the, those are all institutions that require a lot of cap a lot of uh, financial activity right the capital has to be um increasing at a at a certain rate and at that particular at that echelon of, of, of capital, you're able to manipulate the market um, quite intensely. You know, you, you're, you're really able to manipulate the market in just in, in many different ways. We saw Enron do it going back to talking about the, monop- the monopoly of, of energy providers. But 
that's 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 the reality of the of the US system. And then when you look into what those companies are holding, in there lies why your healthcare is so high and why student loans are so high. Yeah. It's crazy to look at those numbers and be reminded that three trillion dollars moves through New York in a day. Mm-hmm. Give or take, right? Of activity. Probably a little bit. Yeah, lower lowers now. Mm. And uh but we don't want to pay each of our workers fifteen dollars an hour. Right. It just speaks to the disparity of what even numbers are being talked about when it comes to corporations and business and individual mm-hmm. people. Granted that that's a that's a whole marketplace, but the individual it's just it's a wide, it's a wide, vast chasm it is. of wealth disparity. That being said, we need to recommend it and review already. That's right. That's right. I'm so happy. Hip hop is back. Yes. Boy. Yes, 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 yes. And we're starting with that Gold Link album, Haram. Man. I'm going to let you go first. What you think? Um, he's, I, I dig, I dig the artistic attempt of it. I dig that he's trying to come with a different sound. Um, I've found that Gold Link has been very good at playing the unorthodox hip hop sound while still being able to have a very, while still having it be very easy on the ear. I think that's always been his, um, his talent is being able to veer away from what is particularly popular sound and still be able to make it dope. Right. So if you look at, if you look at, and after that, we didn't talk, that was grabbing straight from that SoundCloud. That was grabbing from that SoundCloud um, instrumental sounds. Right. Cause that's how, like when we saw this in the golden, he was jumping on top of the beats that we didn't even think were like even capable of rapping to, you know what I mean? um think about that aquafina track you know like that that offbeat yeah that offbeat and he catches us still yeah well i appreciate you situating us in some of his discography man i think uh from the god complex which was his first like put together body of work uh i definitely heard exactly what you said man unorthodox but easy on the ears Definitely soulful, definitely borrowing a lot in its use of 808s and instrumentals and samples from 90s R&B. Uh, I think Gold Link is the, is the hip-hop predecessor, uh, selection-soaked predecessor of like even the beats that Brent Fias chooses. Not so much tonally and singing and stuff like that, but a lot of those nostalgic uh, soul samples, I think is what he does really well. So moving from from that very uh and i say selection i got a big up selection for this sound just the just the mm-hmm. bouncy synthesizers um the deep bass the the just that uh, borrowing from afro beats and in different places and mm-hmm. uh extended interludes and uh beat switches it's just very reminiscent if you don't know about selection i encourage you to look them up on soundcloud before you even jump into the apple music figure out the find the yeah. find the old <laughs> stuff stuff that, that has like gold link Estas, sango um and if you know any of those those artists you are very blessed go search it out um but that transition from the god complex to after that we didn't talk with him i think doing that in a much more polished way yeah. moving there to at what cost is my Which favorite my, yeah i was about to say that's my favorite golden album too 
Gold Link album, right? It's just it's it's summary. Uh, he he shows he can rap for real on tracks like Kokomo Freestyle, but his use of of even interluding, uh, interspersing female vocals into like uh, bar heavy tracks. It's just it's beautiful. It's balanced to the entire album. Mm. is is a vibe, um, and it's and it's it bends genres, right? Uh, as much as that is that's genre bending is 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 overused and mm. bleh. that's mm. what it does. And so from there, and I'm promise you, I'm getting back to Haram, but he he goes from there to Diaspora, which is very much Afrobeats influence, yeah. right? And I and I that's that's my least favorite project because it felt like it felt like other artists were doing using that influence of Afro beats, using that beats of selection. We're doing what gold link does really well, or we're in the, yeah, they were doing what he does really well. And he wanted to show that he could do it better. And it almost seemed like to me, it, it almost seemed much. like a, a, what? I don't think it was too much. Too I'm much. not saying it was too much. Yeah. I'm just saying it was, I, it felt like him trying to make a statement. Whereas his other projects have really just felt mm-hmm. like him trying to make music. I got right. You with diaspora and so we come to this project and man listening to the first half of this project i was the most it's the most happy and surprised i've been listening to a project in a long time interesting the the burying the vocals under the bass uh with somebody who can really rap who's with somebody who uses their vocal inflection really well that worked for me the first couple those those first couple songs i love that nle chapa was on was the feature on the first track Mm-hmm. Not what you're expecting from a Gold Link album. Not what you're expecting from the guy who gave us Crew, which is probably his most like, you know what I mean? Still epic, popular song. Um, and for those of you who don't know, it goes a little something like, "No, I'm just playing." About to start singing it. That's that joint. Yo, but with I that- had to give him an idea. Go ahead. Off of that, off of that, uh, that diaspora, <clears throat> I did have some Afrobeat sprinkle into it, but I still found it to be Golding doing what he does, which is stepping into a different type of sound and, and execute. I enjoyed that album more than most people did, I would say. You know, I thought, I thought it caught me at the right time. I remember me and you were in disagreement with, with that. But um, this new step now, surprisingly, wasn't that, that this album might be my, my least favorite. Um, but what I do like from Gold Link, I like a lot. Uh, it's you know, it just so happens that the past albums that he's had has been some I, I enjoyed the majority of it. This in this particular case, it's hits and misses with it, but more importantly, it reminds me of somebody who does that sound and that style, um, in my consideration, better, which is that Bari. That Bari Mr. Glass album is still to me, it's one of the most underrated underrated joints it's it's this it's it's what this album is trying to be <laughs> that's really interesting mm. I, I dig that bari album too if you've checked out uh who is chris king mm. very soundcloud rapper very much in the same uh in the same vein with yeah just not being scared to layer that layer that voice and almost have it alluding to lyrics you're not really catching what he's saying yeah. you're just kind of, you're just kind of vibing with with the with the overall sound of the track yeah. um and I get that, man. I, I I was listening to it and I was like, I love what he's doing, experimenting here. Um, I was almost like sad when I heard when I get to track five or six and, and you hear him no no layered vocals. You hear his vocals kind of dry. Yeah. And I was like, ah, oh, well, he's back to kind of the more uh 
acceptable, more like traditional, even intelligible, right? Like you can hear what he's saying type of type of beats. And then the back half for me didn't work. The back half felt like it was leaning. Maybe it was only a couple songs here and there, but it felt like in the way that Diaspora was doing Afro beats, it felt like he was doing grime yeah. for a little bit of the back half of that album. And some of that, I don't, not that he can't do it, not that he's not talented, but some of that didn't, didn't hit for me. So I rocked with the experimental stuff. I get if people don't get it. Uh, really quickly, I will give some of my, uh, my highlights. White Walls, gotta be. Gotta be. Uh, I love that they left that beat open. Yeah. Yeah, I loved White I, I've Walls. I've already wrote I my, my bars to it. I've already wrote my You got your 16? All right, see? That's sure. the type of Patreon content we need. That's coming soon. <laughs> um, Thump Chronicles, I dug that. Uh, and I really dug Raindrops. Raindrops might be my favorite song on the, tra- on the, on the album. I really liked Raindrops, yeah. I was disappointed uh, by Raindrops. Really? Yeah, because Flo oh, Millie... Man, I've got- I've been a Flo Millie fan for a bit, and so I was expecting, I was hoping it would be something hard and not this glossy, this glossy, poppy, pop, pop grime, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, Flo Millie definitely has, has bars, but I was, I was, I dug that one. I was disappointed by Terradome. That was a yeah. low life for me. Didn't dig that. And then there's, then there's Culture Clash, which is the appropriately named Pop Smoke, uh, what do we want to call that commemoration? Homage. It was, a, it was an ode. An homage. An ode. An ode this smoke. For sure. Uh, I, every artist has a pop smoke ode. Some of them even have the pop smoke feature. Um, I get it. I'm glad that his that his legacy is living on, but it's a little bit overdone as just like the the last minute inclusion of the album that doesn't fit in with anything else with the pop smoke ad libs and the the New York drill beat i just i it didn't i don't feel like it need to be part of this album but mm, mm. but if it's was. gonna be an experimental album i could see why it would be there um the highlights for me white walls for sure um trump uh thumb chronicles that wayne perry um that was pretty that was pretty hard i enjoyed that low lights would there would be that terror dome um as well as that that flow millie track i wasn't feeling that entirely too much out of five out of five mics if i have to wreck them if i have to give it i'd give it a i'd give it a, a, a three mics three out of five i can get with that i can get with three out of five mics i would give it yeah i'm not going much i'm not going much higher um there's definitely stuff that i will and won't take from this album so i'll give it i'll give it 3.5 out of five um and maybe we can maybe We'll say very quickly how I feel about that headshots with that Isaiah Rashad and save our full take for when the when the album actually comes out. But my goodness, my goodness, my yeah. goodness, it's a banger. It's a it's a yeah. banger. Yeah. Um. I think we were left wanting more when the first signal sing, single man slipping up with these. Single. Yeah. When the first when the when the unica single first dropped. Um, I think we were a little bit wanting more, uh, and I think this delivered, showed more of the range of his sound, showed that he's capable of doing fun music, but that is that that is oddly youthful and feels timeless at the same time. Then I think Headshots really captures what he's able to do there. So what I mess with enjoy, it. What we enjoy most about him, and what we enjoy most yeah. about him. This 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 
is what we love Rashad for. Yeah. Isaiah Rashad, headshots. All right, son. We got one more. And, and, and this one's a – and you know how I feel about her. Oh. Well, you know how I feel about her. <laughs> I love her. I, I love her, too. <laughs> I love her even more after this. Dope. It's, 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 it's dope. It's, it's polished. It's, it, you know what it is, bro? It's clean. It's clean for me. It's clean. It's not my, it's, it's, it's got what I, it's got a song, some of my favorite songs on it that I've been listening to on repeat. I would have liked, you know what? It's, it's a good album. I'll put it that way. It's a good, her album. She, she, she's too talented to do wrong. Yes. Her back of my mind. I mean, I just, I was very impressed, right? Like I've been a fan of her for a while, but this was as a, as a whole album to deliver this after, you know, a couple of packages and repackages of some packages of, of, of redropping of some of the same music that was also very impressive. I think this really solidified her as, as not going anywhere among the rising stars of R&B, right? Like, so this album, I was just blown away by how not only, like, cohesive it was, like, she sounds like she's in her bag putting every in a great space of song making throughout the album, but it does have a little bit of something mm-hmm. for everybody, from the feature with Baby to the grand opening of We Made It, right, to the Corday, like, that track rides, and mm-hmm. I think and that's, that's some of the most that I've liked Corday. Uh, and I think that that's that's Corday stepping into that feature bag. Uh, dare I say that J Cole has has held when it comes to these R and B songs. Corday was sounding like Cole on the Ari Lennox album or on the Jeremiah Plains joint. So uh, shout out to Corday for being able to to have a solid performance there. And I think she picked beats well. I think it was paced well. It was it was easy to listen to. Um, that it it had. In a way that uh, Hotels by Jasmine Sullivan was very, like, differently thematic. I loved going back and forth between um, mm. Cheat Code on this album and then uh, Mean It was like, dang, that's, this, had me, this had me both going, that's right, you tell them. And also, like, kind of looking deep inside. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Kind of looking deep inside. There little, yeah, there's a little bit of everything here. And so I just... Hats off, hats off. Uh, I've mentioned some of my highlights there. Give give us some of your thoughts. Definitely, you know, I'm a I'm a massive her fan. I've been saying that she is the future of R and B, and I think over here she shows her prowess in terms of how she's able to encapsulate so many different sounds of R and B. You know, you're going with that that uh, the, you're going with that baby track that you're mentioning. That's clearly for the radio, so boom, if you want a radio hit, boom, it goes like that. You got that slide with YG, which was a radio hit. Um, that Corday feature, Trauma, pretty pretty strong. It's, I, I, I can see myself enjoying this at the, just, just pressing it on play and having it run in the back. It's not my favorite, her album, I must say. Um, however, I, as her is almost flawless to me. Yeah, yeah, I can, and I can, I can see that too. I could see it not being, a true fan's favorite album by her, but I could see it also being as one that is important mm-hmm. for her career going forward and, and is really shores up her discography. Yeah. Um, her range. Body of work, right? So, 
So when, I mean, this, and this to me, like is right up there with uh, some of the, some of the best. I mean, I don't know if it's better. I'm definitely not putting it above, but I, I would want the vinyl of this and put it next to Shea Butter Baby of put it next to Summer Walker's album, put it next to yeah. uh, a few of those projects that as a whole, we've seen just kind of be a statement piece for, for some of these artists career. Yeah, no. I definitely with with her I, I I like that I'm seeing her collaborate a lot more with people. Um I I dig that I I would I'd love to see her do some collab albums with uh, Ninth Wonder who produced uh who produced the uh, Snow Allegra's um Ugh, those feels uh, album which is yeah. still one of my favorite snow's, albums. Snow's coming back too. Indeed. Snow got something too. Violet something and Violet Skies or something like that. Indeed. I love Hit and Boy. Staples told y'all get your candles. Hit Boy, Hit Boy and Hair together. I think I think that's really cool. I downloaded I downloaded this album on the Apple Music uh, the Apple Music release or the Apple Music edition. So it's it. Mm. With the latest mm. Apple Music spadial sound update that is pretty cool it's pretty cool sounds pretty is it it's noticeably different it's noticeably different it's noticeably different those those airpods are incredible oh it's 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 designed just for airpods apple products (laughs) as they put it oh don't be that person don't be that person come on man (laughs) that's trash Nah, Miles. I That's think true. I think I think you're the last person behind the picket line, and we're all just having the time of our lives. You would enjoy it so much. I don't have an iPhone. Then you would hate this product. Don't get it. There we go. <laughs> there we go. But one track that we didn't mention that I that is a super highlight for me, um, and it is the reason that I will give this four out of five mics probably is that Bloody Waters. Thundercat on those drums. Oh yes. Oh yes. Oh yes. That bloody water sound is too smooth. Too smooth. Yeah, that's that's amazing. That that elevates this album, uh, along with that corporate day feature. Damage uh is 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 there. Is Damage there. is one of my so, favorite songs of the year. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. So four out of five mics for me. Uh I'm glad that, that big music is back. Uh nice. And I'm just I'm just happy to continue to review it with my brother. We would continue to talk about it with y'all, man. This is this is amazing. It's been a great time. Before we before we even wrap this up, um, what books are you reading? I'm currently reading uh, "From Here to Equality," which is about reparations in in the United States. Uh, I just got through reading um, "Occupied Territory," which was about uh, policing and the history of policing in Chicago. Uh, oh. so uh, that is. That's what's on my on my nightstand, my my digital nightstand. What about you? Uh, that's that's pretty dope. I love how you read about. It, it's like it shows a passion behind what you do. You know, it's like it, it even encroaches onto your 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 leisure reading. And I'm very much the the same way. Um, I just finished The Upside of Down by Bruce Whitfield, which is a the the, the South African. Economy and how it's failed, but the opportunities that exist in it. Um, I'm tapping into Eckhart Tolle's The Power of Now, and I'm about to pivot maybe to the Bill Gates climate change book. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. That Bill Gates climate change book. You'll have to you'll have to keep us posted. That'll be a recommended review for sure. 
Indeed, indeed. It's 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 quite it's quite pricey, but we'll see. Not a plan. Yeah. I might just have to yeah. catch that one on the old pirate way. <laughs> but I enjoy but I enjoy purchasing books. That's the thing. I I I'm a I'm a book holder and reader. Physical copy guy. Physical I dig copy. it. Physical I dig copy. it. I've been I've been uh, I've had the opportunity to discuss some of some of the readings with uh with Franklin on a weekly basis. Franklin is the is a homie that I work with. Shout out to Franklin one time, you know what I'm saying? You get a bomb drop. Give it. That's the, that's for the big homies. That's the big homies. But um yeah, so I've been actually I'm the digital I'm the digital digester guy. So I've been highlighting and and stuff and it's dope to be able to read it on my laptop on my phone or whatever. Mm. So mm. there are space for all readers, but most important thing Tell about me. reading. Uh. Yo, nigga, your brother told us how you be all into reading and shit. Hey, that's some real good shit, my nigga, for real. Congratulations, nigga. Read. Indeed, indeed. And when you read a lot, you get to know things. And one of the things that we know. Oh, yeah, we know. We know it. We know it. You know it? I remember when I first knew it. I know. It was about 36 episodes ago that I first realized that I knew that y'all have so many options when it comes to choosing a podcast. And if you are here rocking at the end of this joint with hazelnut tones and chestnut tones, then that means that you are a friend of the show and we appreciate you. We enjoy spending time with you. This is a celebration of celebration, celebration of life. It's a celebration of how good it feels to be black and feel good my favorite thing yep my favorite thing too and i hope it feels good to be you and i hope you eat something delicious i hope you hug somebody you love i hope you had a wonderful juneteenth wonderful father's day a wonderful everything peace love water we gone so whoop the bang <laughs>